Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Culture is that environment that you create for people, um, for your family and for other people. It's what you can expect, you know, when it comes to family, it's what you can expect at the end of a long day. It's what, you know, people know they're going to get or see if they stop by your house randomly to say hi and hang out with you. Um, It's what your kids can depend on, you know, and it's what others see. And so I do believe it's not about building cultures so that you can impress others, but so we can serve others so that they know what they can, they can get from us and that we can, you know, be a place where they want to come and they want to be a part of what we're doing. Aloha friends and welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me as we look at the last couple days of 2021. That is so hard to believe. Well, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and I hope you are excited for a new year ahead. I love this time of year. I usually get my calendar around October and I just hold on to it and I can't wait to just dive in and start filling it out, making some plans and hopes for the new year. I'm I'm not big on resolutions. I don't even always choose like the word of the year, but man, I love a clean slate and I love to get excited about all that's ahead. And in these next weeks, we have some really good topics that should inspire and um, motivate you and your whole family to have a great year ahead. And today we get to kick it all off by having my friend Kimberly Amici join us. Now, Kimberly is a family culture coach. She is the host of the Build Your Best Family podcast, and she and I have a lot in common. We both love to talk about family, family culture, about being really intentional in building families. I think you're going to love everything she's about. So yes, I'll link to her in show notes. But today we're going to talk about something I heard her talk about on her podcast a few months back. And that is 
discussing the idea of goals as opposed to lifestyle habits and how goals certainly have a place. They're good, especially in the new year. Nothing wrong with setting goals, but how sometimes we have a tendency to set a goal, maybe meet the goal, maybe not, and then leave behind those lifestyle habits that led us to that goal and how instead we can shift our perspective and really embrace a lifestyle that leads us to positive outcomes. And I just think this is a big game changer, and I think we can teach our kids to start living and enjoying a lifestyle that is positive and that helps us meet goals, and then to keep going after those goals have been met. So just a little shift in perspective, but it is so helpful. So Kimberly and I are talking about family culture, what that means. We talk a little bit about mission statements. She shares some of the things she does when she's coaching her clients. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. It's super practical, certainly very encouraging as we face a brand new year ahead. Head. You can find links to anything Kimberly and I talk about as well as show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 138. Yes, 138. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to dive right into this conversation about family culture and creating lifestyle habits for the best year ahead. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Kimberly, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I've just been so excited because I feel like we have such a, just a similar heart for family, for intentional parenting. And so I think you and I could talk all day long and hopefully one day we'll meet in person. But before we dive in, this is going to be airing right before the new year. This is going to be holidays. So as people are listening, how fun to think that you know, we're smack in the middle of the most special time, which I just love. I love that week between Christmas and New Year's, and yet we want to we wanna be prepared for it. So before we dive in and get to talk about all that fun stuff, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your family? Sure. Um, so uh, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Uh, I have three children. Well, I've been married to my husband for 21 years. We have three children. Uh, my oldest is 18, then 16, then 14. So I have um, two girls. They're my oldest. And then my youngest is a boy. And let's see, I am a family culture coach. And so what that means is I help coach people through creating culture. We all have culture in our homes. It's just a matter of whether or not we build it on purpose. And so I come alongside um, people and I help them create an environment where their families will thrive. Um, I'm also a podcaster, as you mentioned. I'm a writer and a designer. And I live with my husband and my family um, right outside Manhattan in New Jersey. And your 18-year-old is in college. She so is. you launched yeah. one. How's that feel? First one is kind of a big deal. It's exciting. You know, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. I thought I would be a hot mess, but Mm -hmm. I really left feeling like she was where she's supposed to be. Like just, I was, it was like, I was holding the tension of missing her, but being really excited for what the future holds for her. And I'm so grateful for that tension. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, she's leaving me. Like it really... It really was an exciting time for our family. And and we're just readjusting. Like the, our family mm-hmm. culture is different now um, in the moments when she's not home. And so we're learning how to do um, life differently nowadays, which is so funny. I don't think I in- anticipated. Um, I knew that we would all miss her, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize how it would impact us corporately. So totally. figuring out what all that looks like now. Yeah. And she's 
far enough away that she can't just pop in any time, right? Right. It's a big right. drive. Although she yeah. thinks she can. She's like, Mom, can I fly here? You want to fly here? I'm like, okay. Like, we gave you a budget. You just can't, like, fly. <laughs> totally. Totally. Fly here, there, and everywhere. I love it. You've got a 14-year-old son. Yes. Yes. And... And that's got to be different, having a son after two girls. How's yeah. that been? He's amazing. Um, mm. Really, he is. He really surprises me every day. Um, he is very thoughtful. He's very articulate. And I think it's because he has big sisters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of yep. people um, want to tell you what a boy's going to be like, what a girl's going to be like. And just to see his pers- him break the mold and his personality be so different. Like, he, he loves sports. Um, he does soccer and wrestling. He wishes he could do baseball. I mean, he plays tennis, like he's just all the things. Um, and so it's been really, really fun, um, mm, to, so cool. to just be his mom. Uh, being a boy mom is awesome. I can't compare it to being a girl mom, but, <laughs> but I love being a boy mom. Well, to all the boy moms listening, this will be, uh, you're about to step into a new year. And I think there's a lot of us that would say, wow, I mean, there's just not much you can say looking back over 2020, 2021. And I think a whole lot of us are like, what can I do different in this new year that can start us off? Just start fresh. I love, I love a blank slate. I love a new journal. I love a new calendar. I love the new year. And so I listened to one of your podcasts and we will link to it in the show notes, but you were talking about going into the future, not necessarily with goals as much as habits. I was super inspired. I was like, okay, this is such a great shift in mindset and so good for the new year. But Mm -hmm. why don't we start off by talking just a little bit about goals versus habits and just the mindset behind that? Yeah. So I know for me, um, you know, 2020 and even the beginning of 2021, it was like, it was so frustrating because I had set out 2020 with all these plans of what it was going to look like, how I was going to grow my business, what I was, how I was going to show up online. I wanted to have some in-person retreats. I wanted to take the stuff that I was talking about online and bring it in person. And we know that 2020 was the year of the opposite of that. And so I really started to experience this level of frustration and even started to, you know, like, well, well, what's the point? If I can't like reach these goals, what's the point? And what I realized is that I really needed to like dig in and lean into, well, maybe there doesn't need to be a point. What is it that I'm cultivating in the everyday? How am I building culture? Like, what are my values? And am I still leaning into that and maintaining that in the absence of goal? So, um, you know, James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits about um, creating a lifestyle instead of creating goals. Um, you know, he says in the long run, the people who succeed are the ones who want to live the lifestyle that precedes the results. It's common to want the results, but rare to want the lifestyle. And so I think that, <laughs> even that though, true? yeah, I mean, <laughs> even though I've been doing family culture and I'm talking about family culture, um, I noticed that I got off track because I was getting too focused on those goals and goals are good to have but it's the lifestyle that we really want. It's the lifestyle that's going to build the culture in the home that we want. It's the lifestyle that's actually going to set us up for success in the future and help us to achieve goals that we may or may not have. Okay. We could just camp out on that. I love that so much. And and I'd heard about uh, Atomic Habits for a long time, but I think I didn't order it until I listened to you talking about it because that concept just 
resonates with me. And what I love is so often, and this, this applies across the board, guys, whatever your hope is for the new year, whether it's something related to your health or your family life, I think across the board, we do set those goals. But I think once you start living a lifestyle that will lead you to your hopes and dreams, if you can fall in love with that lifestyle, if you start to actually enjoy whatever it is, the discipline, the new habits, that the feeling you have from that lifestyle, that's what's going to stick. I mean, there's a reason mm-hmm. why most people do not stick with their New Year's resolutions because nobody wants to do what it takes to get there. <laughs> but, you, but, but if you create those lifestyles and they're enjoyable and they're satisfying because they're good for you, it's such mm-hmm. a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Like my favorite example of this is like I ran a half marathon one year and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a runner. And I didn't run for like six months after that half marathon because I was like, <laughs> because I was so focused on that goal that once I hit that goal, yeah. mm-hmm. I was like, well, now what? Yeah, what? What? exactly. And I let right. myself get into a rut and I got stuck because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was so focused on the goal that I wasn't embracing the lifestyle. And once I started to go back to the lifestyle without a goal, right? Cause like, for, you know, last year there were no races. There were no, like, and I'm, I'm a little big, mm-hmm. like have a run, yeah. something to work towards. We didn't even have yeah. races. So if I wanted right. to be a runner, if I wanted to stay healthy, I needed to make it a lifestyle. Even if it was one, two miles a day, you know, four or five days a week, just make it a part of your routine. That's the game changer. It is such a game changer. What I love too, parents, is we can teach our kids this, right? This is something that they they really can, the younger they learn it, the more they begin to grasp this, it can be a game changer for their whole future, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm starting to see the fruit of it like with my daughter. Like I'm not the one that went to school. Like I'm not on top of her to like do X, Y, and Z. But what I really wanted to prepare her for was what's your morning routine? How are you going to manage mm-hmm. your time? Because all of a sudden mm-hmm. you've got all this time in the world. You don't have mom and dad telling you what to do. You know, you don't have the school, you know, or even the sports team, like you don't have that structure. So now you've got to create a rhythm and a lifestyle that works for you. And so our kids, before we know it, will be having to make those choices. And are they going to make habit, you know, are they going to create habits that serve them or are they just going to sort of, you know, Go with mm-hmm. the flow. Yes. And I'm just thinking, I had Ali Casaza on um, in the early fall talking about her book, Declutter Like a Mother. But I really have been wanting to declutter. And and as we're recording, I haven't fully gotten there. I'm, I'm still following Ali and I love everything that she shares. But I'm thinking this is the same thing. It's lifestyle. Yeah. You can't yeah. do a big declutter, spend a weekend cleaning, and then go back to your old lifestyle. You have to do oh, daily yeah. habits. So, so can you give us some tips from things that you coach people in when it comes to family culture? What are some, some ways that you can create new habits? What are some ways that we can work towards this? Maybe baby steps for the new year. Yeah. Well, I like to um, talk to my clients about what they want to be known for as a family. And with that, we start to talk about what kind of atmosphere they want to create in their home for their children and for other people. And if I coach them through my course, we determine their values. And so Mm -hmm. once you have your set of values, once you have what you want your family to be known for, we work backwards from there. So part of what we do together is when we determine our values, we actually create practices around those values. Because it's one thing to say, oh, our family is about creativity and excellence and integrity. But what does that actually look like? You know, so it's finding two to three statements that point back to that value. So then you start to say, oh, 
Yeah. These are the things that if I do consistently, I'll be able to say, this is a value that we're living out and other people will begin to notice. And so we always start from where we want to, we want to go and we work backwards from there. So just like if you are setting and goals are good for some things, right? They're, they're good for these kind of finite things. So we're just like a goal, you know, going back to this idea of running a race, if I want to run a race, I usually get an app and then the app breaks it down for me, what I have to do each Mm. day to actually get there. Right. So it's a similar concept. It's just that you're just going to keep going with it. (laughs) Awesome. No, I love this. Can you give us an example of something a family might want to work towards and how you would work backwards, like maybe yeah. somebody you've worked with or generalizing. Yeah. Um, I can give you like a family example. So, yes. um, you know, for us, uh, integrity was huge for us, my for both me and my husband. Um, but again, integrity can mean something different to many people. So for him, it really meant being the same person when you're with your friends as you are with your family. Like you shouldn't, your siblings shouldn't know you in one way and then you're out in public and they treat you differently or they act differently, right? So integrity in your character um, and also integrity in our commitment to things. So are we only showing up for things when it's easy or mm-hmm. are we going even when it's inconvenient? So um, there was a big storm one day and it my son had wrestling practice and he was still very young. And you know, there's a tendency to just want to be like, well, it's Saturday. How many people are really going? He's young. Mm. Do we really need to go? And my husband is not like, he's not, you know, get up at the crack of dawn and shovel that driveway. So he's (laughs) kind of sitting on the couch. I'm kind of looking at my watch going, it's time to go. And, you know, I said to him, I said, because this could have been a fight. I could have picked a fight and been like, you never shovel the driveway. We've got to go. (laughs) Instead, I said, Because he did say, well, does he really need to go today? And I said, are we, you know, our value is integrity. I said, are we teaching our kids to honor their commitments only when it's easy? Or are we Mm. teaching them, you know, to honor their commitments even when it's difficult? And he's like, Mm. all right, all right, let's go. Right. So, I mean, that's just a small example of like. Totally. Honoring your commitments. Like your kids know what you stand for. They know what they can get away with. They know what you'll cave on. Right. And if they know Mm -hmm. that you're always going to like not show up for something when you don't feel like it, or there's a good mm-hmm. TV show on, or your friends mm-hmm. want you to play, then you're creating an atmosphere in your home that's not really achieving what you want. So if you want people to be able to count on you, if you want people to be able to depend on you and know that you're going to be there, and you, you, what are the practices that will get you there? Absolutely. Okay. So would you suggest, um, do you have people write down these values like integrity, somewhere visible? Do you have a mission statement or somewhere where you have it listed where you can kind of point to it in those moments and say, well, let's, let's circle back and look at what our family values are. Yeah. I mean, everybody does it differently. We have our mission statement in our living room. I, um, in my office, I have, um, you know, our values and our practices because I need to remind myself of that sometimes. Um, But you eventually get into the habit where you start to use certain kinds of language. So instead of, like I said, not telling my husband, oh, are you going to get off the couch and shovel a driveway? (laughs) I'm saying, hey, aren't we people who honor our commitments, right? So there's certain like phrases now that my kids know because I'm saying them over and over again. Um, when I work with clients, we, we definitely, we, we will take a list, um, you know, we can, you can go anywhere on Google and you can get a list of values. So we narrow those values down to about five because you can only do so many. Well, there's so many good ones out there, but what are the five that you want to lean into? And so those get written down, they get chosen on purpose. We usually take two sessions to really like flesh out is this wow. the value we really want? Is it? Are we calling it the wrong thing? What does it look like? Can it be mm-hmm. paired with this value? 
And then the next the next module and the next session is usually, okay, so what does it look like to live out this value? And it's it's incredible to hear like what spouses, you know, partners have to say, like, it means this to me and it means this to me. And then we, we marry those ideas together. And so it should absolutely be written down somewhere where you can reference it and refer to it often. Wow. That is super good. And kids can get on board and sometimes probably hold mom and dad accountable too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Which is a beautiful thing, even if we don't like it in the moment. And another example that's a little bit more concrete, like you talked about earlier, like the house and decluttering, Um, you know, we're, we're passionate about having people in our home. And so we want to have an atmosphere where people can come to visit. And so part of that is being tidy. Um, We just feel like, you know, having a a clean couch and clean counters and certain things put away in certain places is is just the way we serve people and we welcome them into our home and make them feel comfortable. But how do you achieve that? So does that mean that in the mornings or before you go to bed, you just do a once around the living room and you pick up your stuff and you bring it in your room? Does that mean in the mornings you make sure that, you know, the dishes from the night before have been you know, the, the, the clean dishes that are on the counter from the night before those get put away. Like here are the three things you need to do before you leave school. That's going to set my day, quite frankly, it's mm-hmm. going to give me less work Absolutely. When, I, yep. when you leave. So like, what are these habits and what are these routines? So that's a little bit more tangible um, than the integrity example, but it points back to like a value and, and something that's of importance with us. And it, and it has to do with that routine. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more before we wrap up about the concept of family culture. What does it look like to create a family culture? What does that mean? Yeah, so we all understand what culture is, even if we don't know it. Um, And Mm -hmm. maybe a better word for it is branding. Um, Mm -hmm. It is culture. Like, for example, I love to use the, the example of anthropology. For those ladies out there that like to shop, um, I don't know if they have one where you live, but um, I know what it's going to smell like no matter what Mm -hmm. anthropology I go to. I know like the ambiance that is going to be set. I know the music that they're going to be playing. I know that the the merchandise that they're going to be carrying. I know what I can expect. I know what I can expect from how they wrap up my package and how they send me on my way, right? So culture is that environment that you create for people um, for your family and for other people. It's what you can expect, you know, when it comes to family, it's what you can expect mm, at the end of a long like day. That. It's what, you know, people know they're going to get or see if they stop by your house randomly to say hi and hang out with you. Um, it's what your kids can depend on, you know, and it's what others see. And so I do believe it's not about building culture so that you can impress others, but so we can serve others so that they know what they can, they can get from us and that we can, you know, be a place where they want to come and they want to be a part of what we're doing. Oh, that is beautiful. And what's cool is we can determine that we can, Uh we can make some decisions that this is how we do things. So for the young family, how do you suggest maybe just starting that conversation? Just maybe, I guess it starts with the values, like you said, work backwards, but say hospitality. I'm like you. I love having people in my home. I love doing meals together. So hospitality would mean there's a few things that I should always be mindful of. Like nothing's worse than having someone stop by and you're like, oh, I wish I had like something to offer you. So anyway. So you have to have a budget for extra, you know, for when guests come over, you'll need to have staple things in the pantry. Um, For us, we always say yes. When people need a place to host, we go to a church that rents space. So every once in a while, they'll do a small group event that they need a place to host. And we raise our hand. We, you know, for us, hospitality is saying yes. Anytime the school needs 
you know, a school team wants to do a pasta party the night before a game, or if they want to do an end of the year, you know, dinner for everybody, like we always raise our hand for that. And so Mm -hmm. hospitality may look different for, for, for you than it does for me. It may look like you always bring the snacks to the football game every week. Like it doesn't even need to be in your home, but how do you live Mm. that out? Um, so yeah, those are all things to consider. So I do have um, a family culture discussion sheet that's free on my website. And I ask questions like, you know, what, so what we do do is we look at our past a little bit and we say, what are the things growing up that I loved? What Mm. was, um, the things that, said home to me? What are the sights, the sounds, the smells, the interactions? Um, what did I love about being with my friends and their family? Like start to observe, like, what is it that made me feel welcomed? And then we also think about, um, you know, what didn't we love, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not to get stuck and stay there, but maybe that didn't work. And that was Mm -hmm. something that I didn't enjoy about my childhood. And then you, you get to really decide what you're going to bring forward because so many of us, we just continue the same patterns we had growing up. And until you're able to identify them and say, hey, this isn't what I want for my kids. This isn't what I want for my future. We're just going to fall into old patterns. And so just recognizing what you've experienced and what you want to bring forward. And you can even, we even um, on the sheet talk about what didn't you have that you want to be able to provide for others. And so it's just for, for the beginning steps or just brainstorming. What, what is it, the atmosphere that I want to create? Um, one of the things that was really helpful that's not on the sheet that we did with our family is we said, what is the one word you want people to feel when they leave our home? And so we talked about that as a family. And for us, the word is nourished because we love hospitality. All of my kids cooked. And in the season when I was trying to figure out what that word would be, we just happened to be in a season where we were having friends that were coming over and just sharing their hearts. We, we were finding ourselves was a place, place of refuge, um, especially for some of our friends in ministry that didn't have any place to share that those things, you know, because yeah. of their positions. And so yeah, sure. I was like, I want people to walk away feeling nourished, spirit, soul, and body. I want them to have good food. I want them to feel like they're in a safe place. And that one word guides us, right? And so what does that look like at the holidays? What does it look like in the summer? What does it look like Mm. in the seasons when we don't have friends over? Like you can still embody um, that. And so sort of just thinking, what is the atmosphere I want to create? What do I want people to think or say when they, they leave? Oh, that is so beautiful. And I think even young kids can get involved and really, really contribute. I just love this stuff. So we will link to your family culture discussion sheet. It was super helpful for me. Um, before we close, can I ask you a couple fun boy mom yeah. questions? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we always start with a boy mom essential. And of course, since you've got girls too, this can just be a mom essential. But is there one thing you cannot imagine doing mom life without? Well, because you're talking about boys. <laughs> yeah. Because teen boys smell. Uh, uh-huh. We have foot powder in our mudroom. And it's my husband started this habit. He's very, you know, he likes to be smell good and and look good. And and so he he makes everybody when they come in the door, put powder in their shoes before they put them in the baskets. And we'll even have like kids over and he'll just pop in the mudroom and just put powder in everyone's shoes and put the powder <laughs> underneath like, the bench. That? And I'm like, all right. I <laughs> love that. That's so cool. Well, here in Hawaii, of course my boys are either barefoot or wearing some version of, we call them slippers, flip-flops, but my boys are skaters. And I'm telling you, 
nothing stinkier than the when when they're good and wear their knee pads or all mm-hmm. the pads. Ooh, those things. Oh, I get have a stinky. goalie and his gloves. Oh. oh, and then his hands. Like you can never get the smell off his hands. No. So it's I got to get him some good like essential powder oil. everywhere. <laughs> Just powder everywhere. Okay, next question. Since you had your girls first, is there a time that your son said, did, or dragged something in that made you realize that you were a hashtag boy mom? Yeah. Well, you know what? So I was, um, when I was in college, this is what comes to mind when you ask that question. It might not be the, the right answer, but That's right. Um, no right answer. No wrong when, answer. when I was in high school and then when I was in college, I worked with the wrestling team. So I was the wrestling team manager. So I, in college, I got to travel all over the country with the wrestling team. I ended up working at the Olympics and the Atlanta Olympics with wrestling. Then I Amazing. stayed down and I helped the Georgia state team get their wrestling, their, their team together and, and train their girls to be wrestling managers. And so I was very much like, you know, like wrestling. And, uh, I never pushed it on my son because my husband was never, was never an organized sport and and wrestling's kind of intense. Like it's not like for the faint. And so I just was like, I'm not going to push this on Aaron. And he, he decided he wanted to sign up. I don't even know how he knew about it at like second grade. He decides he's going to sign up. He signs up and I'll have to tell you, it was so different for me to have my boy out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then to see him cry. Cause typically the first two, three years that these boys wrestle, they'll come off the mat crying, like just crying. And, yeah. um, but I'll tell you like when that, when, when I got over that stage and when he got over that stage, I mean, I am like one of those mamas that wear those wrestling shirts that are like, <laughs> that oh, I have at least one phrase is about being a mom, like a mama of a, of a wrestler. Like you just don't like, I I'll lose my voice over a six minute match. Because oh I am goodness. out there screaming and I, and for moms who awesome. haven't been around the sport like me, like, they're like, are you okay? Like, I can't, I can't watch. I can't watch. And I'm yeah. like, I like, I am, I am front row. I am, I am yelling and screaming. And so I think that, um, I think that's the point where I wasn't raising children anymore. I was raising a boy, mm. you know what yeah. I mean? Like Aww. I had my girls and I have, and, and it was just, it was something very different for me as a mom um, to, to be there than it was to support my girls. Screaming at him to just take the other guy down. I love it. That yes. is so yes. awesome. And I have a good friend. So so we have, um, I usually host a Valentine's Day brunch. And so it's usually for, you know, just women that I care about and that have just made the past year for me something amazing. And so sometimes I'll, I'll add new people. And I added this mom and what I kind of explained to everybody, um, you know, with, uh, with everybody that I was introducing her to, I'm like, she's my friend where we actually yell at our kids and tell them to beat other boys up. I'm like, <laughs> so we have this bond. Totally. Yes. I'm on board with that. Oh, that is so good. I love it. Well, my boys haven't been introduced to wrestling other than their own version, which they do in the living room, but I think they would love it. Okay. And then final question, especially for the younger moms out there, but this for all of us, if you could look back to a younger Kimberly, maybe when you brought your daughter, first daughter home, um, is there any wisdom you have gained from all these years of parenting that you would pass on? You know what I'm thinking? This, I think I overthought everything with my first one. You know, and I will, I've, I've said to her, now she's 18, I'm going to get things wrong with you and I'm going to get them right with your brother and sister. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm so sorry. Sorry. But like, there were a lot of things that I overthought 
and I was just too legalistic on, you know, with my first and then by my second and by my third, I started to really shift and I started to really um, learn to deal with the heart and the root of the issues that I had that my children had and not so much um, their behavior, but really get to underneath um, what's going on with you. Like what's, what's happening totally. today? Um, and, and being, and I think even when you have younger kids and maybe they can't articulate it, I think you can be observant and you can start to say, oh, oh, this isn't about the toy that they're not putting away. This is about Mm -hmm. them not having had any time to spend with me yet today because I've been so busy here. Um, so just overthinking, trying to get everything right. And just as I, you know, had a third child and just started to really put my trust in God and, and look to him to sort of give me the the mm-hmm. the roadmap for each of them totally. um, and just be aware of yeah just the uniqueness of each of them and allowing mm-hmm. that to lead how I parent them mm, that is good for any stage any season super good yeah. wow Kimberly thank you yes I've enjoyed this so happy to get to share you with everyone for those listening who would love to get coached in their family culture or want to check out all the things you have to offer, where can they go? So um, I'm on Instagram as KimberlyAmici.com and as Build Your Best Family. And then also online, I'm at KimberlyAmici.com. Did I just say that? KimberlyAmici.com and BuildYourBestFamily.com. Yes. All right. So we'll be linking to all of that in show notes. Kimberly, I wish you and your family the best new year. <laughs> I hope you that too. you not only have all the all the lifestyle habits, but also maybe can get out and do some of the things that you've been itching to do for a long time. So I wish you the best. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you. Aloha. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation, and I hope it inspires you to have some great conversations with your family, maybe start thinking about some habits and lifestyle changes that will set you all up for success in this new year. You can find show notes and links to anything we talked about over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 138. And now I hope you have a wonderful, safe, and fun New Year's celebration and a great start to 2022. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.